Hi, and welcome to the Green with Tiffany podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Page. And in this show, we'll explore topics of sustainable living, all aspects of health and wellness of people and planet, and how we're all interconnected. Join us on this journey to live better and more sustainably by improving our health, our families, and the world with the choices that we make. Hi, and welcome to the Green with Tiffany podcast. I am so happy you're here. We are wrapping up Pet Wellness Month. I should probably say months. It has been a few months. Uh, We put together a great series and these very important conversations that I wanted to share with you. So we spent a little time. And I am your host, Tiffany Page, and we are dedicating this episode to my lily put. So I wanted to share Lily's journey uh, because she's been a very healthy dog most of her life. And I believe in holistic methods and natural ways to heal your baby, your fur baby. And What I realized when something changed in her health, I didn't have the right protocol set up. I didn't, I didn't do enough preventative, I thought. And I was reacting to what was coming my way. And who I found over the course of my research are these great doctors, many of them conventional doctors at one at one time, and then have learned from and moved to adapting other modalities into their practice or just changing overall together, but they definitely have the best of both worlds. And even if you do conventional methods, some of these alternative methods help complement them, help support them, help heal quicker. Um, So I really urge people, if you can, to get second, third, fourth opinions and really gather all the information that you can, because really knowledge is power, and then you can make an informed decision. So Lily went to a conventional vet a few different ones actually over the course of her of her life. And it wasn't easy finding these people, which is why I wanted to share them with you. And I wasn't searching with the right keywords. Like I was using holistic, which gave me a handful, but functional medicine is a good one to work with. Um, integrative is a good one to search if you're looking. So there are ways. And, uh, and I'm here in Los Angeles, but there is the... A-H-V-M-A, which is the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association. So ahvma.org is maybe where you could find somebody in your area if you needed to see someone in person. Many of these doctors do telemedicine, you know, like we're doing now, like Zoom kind of conference call. But, you know, our, our fur babies now more than ever are having so many health issues. They're having skin issues and gut issues and allergies and seizures. And now of course, cancer. And I mean, when I was growing up, our, our pets didn't have cancer. Very, very rare. Did I remember seeing cancer as a regular thing? And now it seems so common and I don't think it has to be. So I really truly believe an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, which basically means it's much easier to avert a health crisis than it is to treat one. Of course you can treat it and there's definitely great outcomes. But if you're just talking about trying to keep your baby healthy, preventative obviously is going to be a lot easier. And you can start with food. Food is thy medicine. Our own diets are terrible now, right? I mean, our diet and then our dog's diet, the food's not regulated. It's this crunchy like cereal that's colored and full of 
preservatives and food coloring. And I mean, just really doesn't have any nutritional value. So, you know, Lily ate human food. She never ate dog food. We cooked for her. She had uh, mostly chicken, rice, and vegetables. And then she became allergic to chicken. So we moved her to turkey. I definitely probably could have rotated her meat a lot more often. And I did not. Good water. Of course, she's only six and a half pounds. So she didn't really drink too much water. If you have a big dog, I would highly recommend if you're not drinking tap water, neither should your dog. And there are places where maybe the tap water is good. But here in Los Angeles, that is a no-go. And then, of course, you want to remineralize it as well. So, And you'll hear that in these talks with these incredible doctors that I spoke to. That was you know, kind of the number one tip is food and water. So you could start there. And that alone would make a, a huge difference. But I really believe that we can fix this and that knowledge is power. So that's why I wanted to bring you these incredible doctors that I spoke to and who helped me with Lily. So I just wanted to take you through a timeline. And I I got Lily in 2005. Can you believe it? Wow, 2005. I wasn't looking to get a dog, although I'd always wanted a chihuahua. I was in Florida. I was visiting my sister. We went to go visit a neighbor. Um, she was an older woman. Her name was Ruth. And she had quite a few dogs. And she was taking care of a little one that I just loved. I just loved little dogs. We had big dogs growing up. We had an Alaskan Malamute. We had a Labrador. But I always loved the little ones. My mom had a friend who had lots of dogs as well. And one little one named Mustang. We called her Mussy. A little black and white chihuahua. And I always thought I was going to get a chihuahua. Uh, that was the that was the plan. I just fell in love with this little baby. And, you know, chihuahuas aren't great with kids, but I was always very gentle. And so, yeah, he was great, a little messy. And uh, so here I am in Florida and Ruth wants to take me to go look at dogs. And I thought, I'm not going to go look at a dog. I, I mean, I travel so much. My sister wanted me to humor her. So we went to a place called Teacup Puppies in Hollywood, Florida. And you walk in and it's all these little dogs in these glass cases or plexi, I don't know what the cases were, but wow, there were a lot of them. And I guess lucky for me, there was only one Chihuahua because I don't know how I would have been able to choose uh, if there was more than one, but there was one Chihuahua. She didn't even get up. She was laying down, legs forward, legs crossed. So cute. And not a long hair, short hair, beige. And we took her in the other room. And she just started running around and oh my gosh. I mean, we were just meant for each other right away. There was just no doubt in my mind. I just fell madly in love, love at first sight. You know, they say that your 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 fur baby picks you, and that was the case. Who knew I had to come thousands of miles away for that to happen, right? So Ruth says, Do you want her? And I just look at her and I nod my head. Uh-huh. Yes. And so she she took out her credit card. And she literally just tossed it onto the table and said, we'll take her. I couldn't believe it. She was $1,200. I mean, I am so grateful to this, this beautiful woman for giving me such joy from, from getting me this beautiful little chihuahua. She was four pounds. She was four months old. And I know it's, it's adopt, don't shop. And I wasn't planning to get a dog. And all these dogs needed homes too, though. You know, what happens to these dogs? She had been in a hurricane and they relocated her to this pet shop 
and she had kennel cough. You know, they interviewed you too. They wanted to know how long you'd be leaving your dog alone. And I really didn't know. I wasn't even planning to get a dog. Uh, But luckily, my mom was retired. And if I wasn't going to be able to take Lily somewhere, if I was traveling for work, my mom took care of her. And so she really was never alone much at all. Uh, Maybe later on, we'd leave her alone for a couple hours at the most. I think a couple times for four hours, but never longer than four hours. And, um, And that was only just a few times. She really went everywhere everywhere. We went to the post office. We went to the grocery store. We went, got my hair done, nails done. I even took her to the, get my teeth cleaned. My hygienist loved to see Lily. And uh, yeah, she was just very much a part of my everyday life. And people knew her before they knew me. We were like, where's Lily? Nobody knew my name. Everybody knew Lily's name. And the funny thing is she didn't let anyone touch her. She didn't like to be pet. Um, but everyone just thought she was the cutest thing anyway, even though she wasn't that friendly. So I got Lily. Now, I would—I guess I would assume um, she was from a puppy mill and then at a pet store. So she probably got her first you know, set of vaccines and we got her kennel cough under control. Um, and then she was good. I mean, she was good. No problem. She had a little bit of a trachea issue. And we got that under control. We got had some medication, but then I didn't want her on, you know, then we moved over to um, an, er, uh, an herb that I could put in her water and that, and that really helped. She had a little bit of issues with it now and then. Now, I didn't get her spayed. And it wasn't that I set out not to do it. I just, I thought I was going to breed her and have puppies because I was so mad about her. I wanted more of her. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I'll have a little friend for her. And then maybe my mom would take one. And then you read, sometimes they don't take to their puppies and, you know, for a little, for a little chihuahua, a little dog, sometimes the, the birth is not easy. And so I thought, oh gosh, am I really equipped for this? And then of course you think about all the dogs that need homes that are already out there and chihuahuas are, are, so prevalent in shelters. And I thought, I can't do that. So I decided not to do that. Um, and then I didn't move forward having her spayed. And you know, I'd done a lot of research on it. And you know, in this country, you do it right away. I think we do it too soon, which you'll also hear about if you, if you have to. In other countries, they don't. And their dogs are fine. There's information, both sides of the coin on it about whether it's good, whether it's bad, you know, things that it causes or doesn't cause. So anyway, she was good until she developed a little pea-sized lump around one of her memories. So I took her to a, a more of a holistic doctor. He didn't do surgeries anymore. He suggested that we remove the lump and we spare. And I didn't have anyone set up to do that. Well, I did, but then she told me that Lily needed her rabies shot. And this doctor who told me to have the lump removed and have her spayed had told me that we over, we over vaccinate our pets and no more vaccinations, that they last for seven years. And, you know, Lily was already older and she didn't need any more. She, she was good. And she'd had, you know, her first couple of rounds early on. So when I went to this doctor and she told me she needed her rabies shot, she'd had a rabies shot. I said, well, she's not getting a rabies shot. I mean, she lives in the city. She, you know, I, I don't live in a place where she would need a rabies shot. And I never, I never border or do anything like that. 
And so she said, okay. And I thought, what? What do you mean, okay? You just told me she needed it. She said, yeah, I have to do that by law. That was a big one for me. That was a big eye opener. And she had then told me that her own children weren't vaccinated. So that was, that was a big one. And so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't go to her because what else is she not letting me know about? I, 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 it just was, it was a no. So I had to find somebody else. So word of mouth, I found another doctor to do the surgery. And she was, I think, 11 or 12 or 12 going on 13. So, you know, I was a little concerned because she's a little bit older. And prior to getting it done, when we went to go have her checked out, she had slowed down a lot already. She was losing mobility in her back legs and she was kind of falling over and she was having a hard time getting up her stairs. And some days were better than others. And, you know, I just can't believe it. I thought I was so in tune with my baby. But sometimes they're, they're, they're in silent pain and it's hard to know. And she was very stoic. So it was very, I was very disheartened that I didn't know this. So when we took her in to be, you know, checked out before the surgery, found out that she had a hurt neck. I don't know how she hurt her neck. Maybe she fell, you know, fell down the stairs or something, or, you know, she had little pet stairs up to the couch, up to the bed. I mean, she was very, very active. And she loved to play with her little ball. I mean, we got her this little cat ball that she would I'd call her bend it like Beckham and she'd just pop it between her paws. She didn't fetch. Fetch was not a thing for her, but she'd play by herself with this ball. And if it popped away from her, you'd have to just kind of throw it back at her and then she would continue to play between her paws. So fun. And she also had this yak stick that a friend gave me. Now they're very hard. And what we learned from Dr. Thomas is not to give your pet something so hard. It's actually really bad for their teeth, but she she couldn't chew it. It was too much for her anyway, but she loved to hide it around the house. And I would follow her to see where she'd hide it. And then if she'd see me watch her hide it, she would go back and get it and then go around and rehide it. And she had so many little cute quirks. It was so fun. And she loved, she just loved going out. She loved to be in the car, loved riding in the car. I got her one of those higher booster seats so she could see out the window. The best. I mean, just the best. She loved it. And just love being out, love to sit outside and cafe, as we call it. Um, you know, we live in Los Angeles, so you can do pretty much do that year round. And we did. And we would just go to places that she was allowed to go. And as time went on, more and more places became more and more dog friendly. So it was just the best. Loved, loved taking her everywhere. So when we took her in and we found out she had this hurt neck, I couldn't believe that I didn't know this. And of course, that makes sense that it's connected to her her mobility. And she, the doctor, who was a conventional doctor, had had recommended acupuncture. And what I liked about him is he wasn't he never overdid things. He was definitely a less is more as far as procedures and medication, but he did recommend. You know, CBD was something he liked and, and acupuncture. So we, we went to acupuncture and wow, I mean, to talk about something that you see such a direct reaction from a positive reaction, right? So we started to go every week. I don't know how long we did that for, but we did it for a little while. She got full mobility back, full mobility, running around like a puppy, up and down her stairs, just I mean, it's like I got my little baby back and I couldn't believe that I was just chalking it up to old age. I mean, that's so unlike me, but yet I still did. So I would say that acupuncture can obviously heal many different issues, but joint issues, arthritis could help with. And of course, these mobility 
issues that you think, oh, well, you know, their hips are giving out, they're getting older. That's just, that's just the way it is, but it's not. So we continued to take her for, um, for a while and never had an issue again. She, that was not her, her issue. So we had the surgery. She was great. It's like I had my dog back. It was, it was amazing. And he mentioned, if you start to feel anything right in her abdomen, you know, let us know. And, you know, we didn't take her to the vet very often, but maybe she had to get a little gland squeezed or something. And so he would check it every time. And we started to feel, mm, you know, some things growing underneath, underneath the skin. And he would tell me she was fine. And this is a crucial part of the story because I could have definitely done more with supplements after the surgery to prevent anything from coming back. But I was told she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. What I didn't know was that she's fine. She's fine until she's not fine. And then what do you do? Now she's not fine. So that's what happened. And I wasn't doing any supplements, none, not even a probiotic. I just can't believe it when I think about that. But she had good food. She had good water, the acupuncture, and she seemed to be good. So now you have these growths coming back and, or this, it was, this one wasn't under the skin. This one started to grow, was you could visually see it. And I hope this is not too graphic for people to listen. I really just want people to know so they have some information, some experience that they can take with them and and um, have some choices of what they can do. So this started to grow. But here is the issue is now it's 2020 and we're in COVID. I've got less options right? What am I going to do as this thing is growing? And I started reaching out and looking and seeing things I could do. But had I known I could have, you know, done all these supplements, there's like, you know, medicinal mushrooms, there's, you could do things to build the immune system, vitamin C therapy, things to suppress things from growing back herbs. I mean, really different foods and recipes. There's all sorts of things with the preventative. So that's why I share that with you. So a melatonin, that's also good for mammary cancer, which we learned from Dr. Baskow. And so here I am on my way talking to all these people that I'm coming across, trying to figure out what to do. And I ended up having the tumor removed because it was really bothering her after a while. And, and it was growing and she was licking it a lot. So we had it removed and I was a little concerned because she was 16. Not yet. Oh yeah. Yeah. She just turned 16. So we had it removed and it was successful. And she was so happy. She like her, you know, she just changed her whole little personality change. She was running around again. We even had a little quinceanera for her, even though we were a year late. But when I learned about them, and that she can, you know, wear a little party dress and wear a little tiara and that mom can wear one too. So I had my little tiara. We had friends over with their puppies. We had sprinkles, cupcakes. I mean, it was a really nice party. And, you know, Lily really didn't usually like photos taken, even though we've, we have tons of photos of her. She wasn't a big fan. So for this party, I don't know. She was just Maybe she was just so happy that she felt good that she was letting everyone take pictures. She was working that camera, you know, working it like a red carpet. It was amazing. And so I have the best 
best memories and photos from this party. It was, it was pretty special. And so again, I didn't do any preventative, which I don't know why now looking back, because I had, I had talked to Dr. Judy Jasek and she had mentioned when you remove it, you start to mess with things, it comes back with a vengeance. And she wasn't wrong. So three months later, it started to come back. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what to do. I mean, she just had surgery. You can have another surgery to remove it again. Now, what are we going to do? So I was doing CBD. I was doing some essential oils, but I still didn't have the right protocol in place. And it was hard because with COVID, there was less movement. There were less places open. So my vet had offered to remove it again. I wasn't sure what to do with that. And then he called and he had a new procedure, something called immunocidin and immunotherapy, which is mycobacterium. Complicated. It's a biologic, you know, it's still, still, I think, considered a pharmaceutical. So I was very on the fence of doing this. And this was new. Immunotherapy is not new, but this was new for dogs and it was it was specific to mammary cancer and my vet had mentioned it because i guess his father had bladder cancer and they did immunotherapy and it had some good results so he wanted to try that first and then he said if it didn't work we could do surgery so i was deciding and while i was deciding and i'd spoken to the owner of the company and i was just sort of on the fence Those are the only two options I was given. And I I wasn't loving either option. I guess that was the problem. So while I was deciding, the decision was made for me and the tumor opened, which I learned now is somewhat uncommon. And so now they couldn't remove it because it was open, but they could do the immunocytin. So we did that. And she had to be wrapped and she had to have multiple procedures of this. And they thought it was looking good. And then she had another procedure and she did well. She did really great with them. She was so strong. And after the second one, he had decided he didn't think it was working and he didn't want to move forward. And he thought maybe that she needed radiation. And this had all come to me. Now we're closer to Christmas. He recommended taking her to an oncologist. And I really didn't want to do that this late in the game. And it was hard to find one and get an appointment. Things were closed for the holidays. And I did find one. And we set up the appointment for January. And the problem now is because she was wrapped all this time with moisture that an infection came. And so we had to treat the infection. So they put her on antibiotics. And I, they didn't really find a specific antibiotic to, this, to what she needed. And so it worked a little but didn't completely correct it. So they put her on another round. So now we've got two rounds of antibiotics really blowing out her immune system with a procedure that is a total wild card of what I did. And then they were disinfecting this open wound with harsher chemicals that are not going to support the area. Really, they're going to you know kill good bacteria as well as bad bacteria as the antibiotic does. So we're not doing her any favors now. And this wound that was smaller started to grow larger. And so they recommended that we put her down. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just, 
I couldn't believe. How did we get here? How did we get here with all I thought I knew? I didn't really want her to go out that way at all. And I'd gone against what I, what I believed, but, you know, I was sort of just in this desperate mode, just grasping at like trying to help her and not knowing what to do. Oh gosh. Okay. I'm so sorry. I really don't want to get, um, I want to keep telling the story. So this is when I found Dr. Baskow and he put together a whole protocol for her, which was really unbelievable. It was just so much, so great. And the time he spent with it from all the supplements and how to, how to give them to her and food and recipes and how to cleanse the, the wound in a more holistic way with green tea and Epsom and turmeric. And um, if I don't just found him a little bit sooner, right? But it was very hard to give her these supplements. I couldn't get them in her body. I couldn't find all of them either. So we started, we had some melatonin and other things, but it, it was very hard and we were very late in the game with this, but I tried. And she had a good appetite and she just wanted to eat what she wanted to eat. And we changed her, her food. You know, we went to raw, we then went back to the cooked, we went to different vegetables, we went really, but she really ended up liking rare meat, lightly cooked or fresh chicken. So I, I actually started doing chicken again, which she didn't, didn't have any reaction to if you did it organic. And we tried that. And then I found integrative pet wellness and they were here. I mean, not here, here, they were still an hour away from me, but at least they were here and I could take her someplace to help with getting treatments. And wow, this, this group of ladies were, they were pretty amazing and so helpful and kind and compassionate for what I was going through because I was, I didn't know what to do. I was at the, the, the end of everything of what I thought my options were. And we really couldn't do much until this infection was under control. And so we had to do antibiotic again, and we got the infection under control. And then they could start these treatments that they were doing well, like ozone therapy, like vitamin C IV therapy. And we were trying to get this wound to close. And we ended up having it filled a little bit, if you will. So then she got an, another infection, and this time stronger, it was an E. coli Oh my gosh. And I had to give her injections. Ah, it was so scary, but I did it. I mean, you do what you have to do, right? You just end up pretty much doing anything. I was, I was willing to do anything. And I, I drove to Palos Verdes every day to drop her off by 9am and have her treatment. I'd either tool around and come back or come home. And during this time, at one point, my mom got COVID and she had pneumonia and I'd take care of her. And it was, I'm sure we've all been there where everything just seems so overwhelming. But it's amazing how strong the human spirit is when you have to step up and you just do it, right? So I pick her up and she was in great spirits and she'd been walking around. It's an open floor plan and they loved her and she just seemed so good and bright eyed. And the truth of the matter is she was good. She had this issue, which was a very big issue, but her eyesight was excellent. Her organs were strong, her heart, her liver, her kidneys. So I guess with what I was doing, I was doing something right along the way, but I put in this wild card of something that nobody knew really how to deal with it. So all they could try to do is, is get her stronger with her immune system and, and try to heal her in these other ways. And she'd have ups and downs and she'd get better. And then, and then her leg started to swell and they thought maybe there was a tumor in her leg, but then we got that down. 
I mean, she went back and forth. Now, mind you, she was she was good. And I took her on these long walks in her bag and she loved it. I mean, she loved being outside. And I guess I was grateful in the sense of COVID on the positive was that I could be with her every day, every day making her food, every day spending time with her, every day being able to tell her how much I loved her. I mean, she just brought so much joy to our family. And after a few months of treatment, a little bit more, um, they thought maybe it was uh, too much because uh, then another tumor came and was opening. And so they'd have to do the whole process and procedure over. And, you know, it's it's not cheap. It's expensive, right? These treatments. And um, if you have pet insurance, a lot of times on the holistic side of things or these alternatives are not covered, right? Um, and I never did have pet insurance. I never needed it. But just know there's also something called a care credit card, if you're not familiar. And so it's a weird credit card. I did get it at one point when I was having Lily's um, teeth done. And that's where Dr. Thomas came in because over the years I had to have Lily, I think she had 12, 12 teeth pulled and they wanted to pull her canines. And I said, no way. Thank goodness I didn't do that. And after seeing Dr. Thomas in a preventative way, regularly for the non-anesthesia cleanings, she never had to have any more teeth pulled. So she had most of her teeth. Whereas I hear a lot of chihuahuas like have no teeth. What? It's wild. So the care credit card. So it is. it covers um, veterinary care. It covers cosmetic care, like fillers for, for you. Bizarre. And then um, vision and I think hearing. So I don't know how it how it's grouped together to care for those um, kind of random things put together. But it is nice because it's deferred payment. So you can defer everything for six months. And then the the interest is pretty high. But if you if you can put it on your care credit card and you have six months to pay it off, if you're doing some kind of treatment, I just wanted you to know that was out there. But not everybody takes it. And again, not usually with any kind of holistic methods. So just so you know that. So here we were. Here we were. And um, I just, I'd never been through this before. So this was really, really hard. And I had a lot of friends who had gone through it over this time. So I was recommended to Lap of Love. Oh my goodness. Lap of Love is national and they are amazing. You can have a doctor come to your home to help your baby pass through the Rainbow Bridge. And I must have made that appointment and asked them a million questions and canceled and rescheduled. I don't even know how many times. And I'm sure most people do because I don't know. Do you, you, do you ever know? Is it ever, do you ever know what's the right time? I just didn't know. And of course I didn't want my baby to suffer, but I didn't think she was suffering. She didn't seem like she was suffering. And she seemed like she wanted to be here. And then we went to the beach and watched the sunset and I took her out and we sat outside and had, you know, cafeing as she liked it. We went to the Grove. We just, we went a lot of different places and I spent every single second I could with her. And I'm so grateful for that time. And I just put everything else on hold. Nothing else mattered. I, and I'm grateful that I was able to do that. I know not everybody is. And so we made the appointment, lap of love, Dr. Rena. Wow just an angel, an angel of a woman who came. And it was a beautiful experience for what it was. Devastating, but 
It was as beautiful as it could be. I also spoke to an animal communicator. I know that could be a little woo-woo to some people, but it was important to me. I wanted to see if I could know how she was feeling and, and what was going on. And it was very helpful to me. And so I'm going to do another one after now. This was before, and now I can do one after. And so I did want to share one thing. So after we went outside and there was this music playing, my brother thought it was Chopin. We tried to Shazam it actually, and it wouldn't come up, but it was, it was like, it was out, out in the air. And I couldn't figure out what, what, whose house it was coming from. And it would follow us down the block. I just wanted to be outside and, and have the sunshine in, in, in our faces. And I had her in her bag. And if you believe in any kind of sign of any sort, it was amazing. It was like the angels were letting me know that she was okay. And it was really beautiful. But I didn't get the name of the song. So I went searching and searching, trying to listen to all the Chopin songs because I didn't want to forget. And people would say, don't worry, you're not going to forget. When you hear it, you'll know. And a girlfriend came to stay with me and she wanted to go uh, hiking at Runyon Canyon. And so we got up really early. We wanted to go before everybody got there. It was like a 7 a.m. thing. And um, she wanted to take an Uber. I was like, I'll drive. She goes, no, let's take an Uber. And we get in the Uber. And I tell you, this song was playing. The song was playing. Oh my goodness. So I got to Shazam it. And now I know the song. And I feel that my my little fur baby crossed crossed the rainbow bridge and was in good hands. And, you know, let me tell you, she was almost 17 years old. She was two months shy of her 17th birthday. So she lived a very long, happy, healthy life. It's just that I wanted her longer. I mean, it, it's never enough time, right? We always want our baby longer. And I had, I had heard a conversation on a talk show that Mickey Rourke was talking about his chihuahuas. He had a few and he was in a dark, dark place in his life. And he said his chihuahua saved his life and that they were something like 20. And I thought 20. So I just, I had that number in my head. I thought, I thought I would have her to be at least 20. Dr. Baskow had a border collie to be 24. So it is possible. So I wanted to share that story with you so that you have the information that you can make a more informed decision and learn from my experience and keep your dogs, your fur babies healthy um, with nutritious food, with supplements and starting early on the less toxins. Um, if you're going to vaccinate, you know, definitely don't overdo it. They don't need it every year. You can talk to doctors about that. And there's something called a titer test that you can take that actually tests the antibodies. So if you have to put your baby up at a little daycare center or, you know, those places um, for boarding or whatnot. A lot of times they'll take the titer test rather than having to constantly keep getting um, the vaccines because I, I really do believe we overdo it. Flea medication, that's another one. I mean, you're putting that right into your baby's bloodstream and a lot of dogs were having seizures from it. So I did that early on, but then I stopped and just found other natural ways, lavender, different essential oils, different types of shampoos. And a big one was washing Lily's feet after every walk. I mean, I know that can be a big pain, especially if you have a bigger dog. You know, for me, I could just scoop up Lil's and wash her feet in the sink and I would use Dr. Bronner's. So it would wash real clean 
you know, you can mix it with water. And so it wasn't super soapy. So it wasn't just really hard to wash. I mean, she didn't always want her feet wet, but no matter what, we washed her feet. And that's a big deal because the streets of, the streets of Los Angeles are filthy and um, the grass is sprayed with all sorts of pesticides and herbicides. And, you know, I watch, I watch the gardeners here do it. I mean, I watch them spray them. And so then they're bringing that into your house. They're licking their paws. They're ingesting it. It's it's a pretty big deal. So if you could wash your baby's paws and then you'll have to actually bathe them less because she, she was so clean. I mean, she, she pretty much kept herself clean, but yeah, and it was really such a big deal, especially when I couldn't really bathe her towards the end because of this open wound. And she loved, we showered together. I just popped her in the shower with me. She loved the water on her back. So that was fun when we used to do that too. Well, I really do thank you for listening and I hope that Lily's story helps somebody out there who is in need, doesn't know which way to turn, doesn't know who to talk to. You know, I'm going to put up a resource page on my site so that you have the names of these doctors and everybody that I spoke to. And if I do get, if and when I do get another fur baby, I am well-educated as well, that I have the information that I need. And if you want to get in touch with me, please go to my website, shoot me an email. You can also find me on Instagram. You can um, send me a direct message and I'd be happy to help any way I can because I am just so in love with the fur babies. And I think, I think all the fur babies that are out there and the amazing pet parents that take care of them and that love them so much. I learned so much from the Lils. And she was a daily joy in my life. And I did. I told her every day. So I hope you do that as well. Not a day went by that I didn't tell her how much I loved her or just give her tons of kisses. It really was an everyday occurrence. And I read something once that, um, that for a dog or, or for a baby or your pet, but in this case, we're talking about dogs. So they are only a small part of your life. But for them, you are their whole life. And Lily was my whole life too. She really was such a large part of my adult life. I mean, I had her almost 17 years. And so I want to celebrate Lily's life. I'm going to continue celebrating it versus mourning her passing. So if you see, if you see her on, on social media, I hope you'll understand because even though she didn't love pictures being taken of her, I do have a gazillion and I like sharing them. They make me happy. And I'm so grateful, so grateful that she chose me to be her human. And I loved spending every moment with her and all the beautiful time we had together. I even got this necklace made. For those of you watching, it says, I'll put it against the sweater. It says Lily put. I love it. So she's, she's always close to my heart. And I thank you for listening. I hope this is helpful. I love you, Lils. I love you, Lils. Thanks for listening and thanks for choosing to care. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. You can find me at greenwithtiffany.com and on Instagram. Till next time, choose to care.